You are locked on wild. Your Minnesota wild for maybe uh, not another month, but we'll, we'll talk Minnesota wild here on the lockdown podcast network. I'm your host, Joe Bully of ZoneCoverage.com, And with me as always is Tony Abbott from the athletic Minnesota. Tony, the NHL is officially paused. Yes, but you know what? The Minnesota Wild live on in my heart. That's Feeling the thing them. about the Minnesota Wild is that even even if they aren't going, we have a pretty good idea of what they would be doing right now, and that would be getting hot and then kind of cooling off and make things interesting, and then getting hot and then kind of cooling off to make things interesting, and oh, maybe they fall out of the playoffs uh, on the last night of the year, except they charge right back, buddy, and make it by the skin <laughs> of their teeth. See? We are just going to experience all the drama and the tension of a Minnesota Wild season without any of the drama and tension that comes with the <laughs> Minnesota Wild season. It's perfect. It is. Uh, you mentioned that the Wild live on in our hearts, and my heart will go on. <laughs> I was waiting for you to play the, uh, uh, what is it, a flute or a recorder? It sounds it's like a recorder. Like, it's, uh, isn't it a penny whistle? I can't I do it. That was real bad. I, I have no <laughs> musical talent. I'm real sorry. I just made sounds. I'm really tired. I got like three hours of sleep last night. Let's go. Let's go. Ultimately, the NHL is officially paused for, uh, well, I guess an unknown amount of time. But I do want to let all of our Locked on Wild listeners to know that we will be here for them. Uh we we're planning some content here for you guys to uh, to to pass the time, to still get your wild fill, and uh, and you know all the details surrounding the team as best we can, and hope that you guys will stick around. Uh, we do appreciate everybody that has uh, listened so far, and uh, just because games go aren't going on doesn't mean you uh, still can't listen in your uh, in your social distancing and isolation booths. Yeah, we love you way too much to not fulfill our contractual obligations and put a show out every day. Absolutely. So, <laughs> ultimately, we are here. It's just like uh, Horton Hears a Who, where the, the Who's are trying to let themselves be known, and they're saying, we are here, we are here. So, ultimately, Tony, with the... Uh, with the NHL on break, obviously we're going to have continue continue of content and shows. But do you have any other, I guess, lockdown plans for uh, for the break? Uh no, just uh, you know, just going to be working and and uh, and trying to uh, trying to get through and, and stay healthy and stay well and uh, and try to not burn the roof of my mouth. I had one day off of hockey, you all. And I burnt the roof of my mouth on the first one, first night of no hockey. So, uh, what'd this, you burn uh, it on? I burnt it on some, uh, some like a flatbread pizza thing. Okay. Yeah. Classic mistake. Yeah. And, and once you burn it, 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 you continue to irritate it the rest of the, every time you eat it and bite into the, uh, the piece, right? Yeah. No, 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 no. I had like two bites of this thing. And then I realized, like, what I did. I was just in, like, uh, I was just in the mode where, like, I need to go to bed. I am going to just make this, and I'm going to eat it as fast as I can. And you can't do that. You have to exercise caution. That's the lesson I'm trying to teach you all in this global pandemic. Do not ever 
ever, and this is very important to your survival, do not ever eat pizza without it having cooled down. You went all Leroy Jenkins on the bit with the pizza. I, I know what that means. <laughs> you don't know what Leroy Jenkins is? I don't. Seriously? I don't. No, I don't. Oh, come on. This is like old classic internet. I know, I know, I know. Well, so it's a bunch of World of Warcraft nerds. They're all ready to go. They're all trying to figure out what uh, what their probability is surviving this attack that they're about to commence and, uh, you know, trying to define roles. And then uh, Leroy Jenkins decides that he's just going to start blitzing and, and starting without him because they're taking too long. And he goes, all right, let's do this. Leroy Jenkins. And he runs in. They're like, oh, my God, he went in. So they start fighting. And they end up dying and losing right away. And they're like, God dang it, Leroy. What? See, <laughs> I didn't do anything. You're into that old internet stuff. I'm into the new internet. I'm I'm hip. I'm with it, man. I do all the new memes. Like, uh, like I rickrolled a guy yesterday. I watched Nyan Cat. There you go. There you go. Rick rolling. Watching Nyan Cat. Okay. So, hey, I'm trendy, too. I just uh, joined Twitch. Did you? Yeah, uh, our friend Giles from Giles and the Goalie did a awesome thing uh, and, and streamed a simulated Minnesota Wild versus Vegas Golden Knights game uh, in place of last night's game because, uh, well, there was a lot of people pledging for Chad Graff's um, daughter and, yeah. and donations based off of the results of the Wild game. Well, there was no real NHL hockey, so they went ahead and simmed it, streamed it live on Twitch, and uh, even though it was fake – and, 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 you know, not real. It was still kind of fun to get together and almost interact with, with other wild fans that, um, you know, uh, made it seem like, you know, hockey wasn't completely gone. Plus it was for an absolutely great cause. So it was fun to kind of provide that atmosphere. Um, and a, a real stick tap to, uh, to Giles for, for doing that and putting that on. Yeah, absolutely. So Joe, going back to, to you joining Twitch, uh, as a viewer, not a streamer, right? Correct. I'm not going to stream uh, unless something no. like unless like a revenue stream pops up and I can get paid doing it. You got to work on your uh, you got to work on your Twitch introduction. Like, hey, what's up out there, Joe Booers? This is Joe Booey. <laughs> Joe Booers. <laughs> uh, I also got to work on my sign offs, too. No, 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 no. You just uh, you just uh, end to technical difficulties. That's all you need to do on Twitch. Uh, that's how uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail ended, right? That's true. They uh, that actually ended because they ran out of money. <laughs> really? Yeah, they were gonna do this big climatic fight scene, but they ran out of the money, so they had to figure out a way to end it real quick. <laughs> that's funny. Speaking of the uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> Welcome back to the show here on Lockdown Wild. It is Joe Bully here of ZoneCoverage.com, and with me is Tony Abbott. Tony, I do want to get into uh, more Minnesota Wild topics here because the uh, the news cycle has been heavy. You know, it's been heavy sports because they're all canceling or postponing or suspending. But uh, 
it hasn't really been sports. So let's get into some sports talk. Why not? Yeah, we um, should do that. I want to talk about the job that Dean Evison has done. He obviously came in after Bruce Boudreau was fired. And uh, since then, um, the Wild have uh, have done well. Not to say that they weren't doing well or, or trending in the right direction under Bruce at the time of his firing. But uh, Dean has, has come in. He's played well. Kevin Fiala has uh, has played more minutes. But uh, your your thoughts now looking back on what the job Dean Evison is doing. So I actually wasn't expecting to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, like the, the job that Dean Evison's done. But now that I'm looking at it, like, he's done really well in a way that, like, we haven't really talked about so far this season. Uh, at the beginning of the year, like, we talked about, you know, what Bruce was going to do. And, you know, we thought that what Bruce was going to do was going to be the strategy that got the most out of this team, right? You're not mm-hmm. dealing with a with a very offensive team offensive oriented team you do have a lot of defense so what bruce does is he clamps it down at both ends of the ice and you know like credit to bruce it worked pretty well his uh expected goals percentage at five on five for this team was 52.9 you can't knock that for sure but Mm -hmm. uh but you know but it only helped so much with the goaltending not doing uh, not doing very well throughout most of the season. And, and I think you can credit, you know, at least some of this Minnesota Wild streak under Evison to Alex Stalock being, for the most part, really good in net. But he's also activated the offense in a way that Bruce just hasn't done and, and you know, wasn't very inclined to do. Minnesota is a top 10 Corsi 4 team per 60 at five on five. They're top 10 in shots. They're top five in shots. They're fourth. They're top five in expected, or sorry, top 10 in expected goals. Mm -hmm. They have been really good offensively and and they've been, uh, you know, they, they haven't given up too much on the defensive end either. They are uh, better in terms of expected goals. And then when you combine that with the emergence of, Kevin Fiala just absolutely breaking out out and going on a tear. When you combine that with Alex Stalock playing really solid hockey over the last month, and and you know, mm-hmm. it's not it's not all Evison, but Evison has shown to let this team run, and I think this team has rewarded him with uh, with providing some pretty good offense. Uh, the big change that uh, kind of came through was. Um... Rather than trying to get matchups with the forward group, uh, I believe he's allowed Bob Woods to try to get the matchups with just the defenseman. So you're seeing more and more times where the forward lines are rolling more evenly, whereas they are targeting certain opponents with the pairings of the defensemen. Um, do you see that as a, as a strategy that's that's paying off for the Wild? Yeah, I think so. I mean, when you have you know, a shutdown defenseman like Jonas Brodin, right, and and mm-hmm. you're able to use that at uh, at any time, pretty much. Like Brodin plays twenty minutes plus a game, and and could play twenty five if if it was like a must win situation. I think that that's uh, a real good ace to have in your back pocket, and it's nice to see him be able to do this. And, and it's not just Brodeen, too. You know, you you when you have good defensive defensemen like you do in uh, in Spurgeon, and mm-hmm. like even like even Patteron, I think has done pretty well in terms of of defense this year. 
you know, you have that flexibility the, with the more good players you have. Right, I, I agree. So the big question then becomes, obviously, Stalock has, has performed well since February. I think uh, he's, he's, he's certainly above 900, but goaltending has a way of killing coaches' jobs as well as creating coaches' jobs. Are you ready to remove the interim label from Dean Evison's title uh, based off of basically kind of like a little over a quarter of a year uh, based on, you know, when this team had really decent goaltending from Alex Stalock? Not even really. You know, this has only been a, a 12-game stretch under mm-hmm. Avison, and, and, like, I like what I've seen out of Avison. I really do. I just don't know if 12 games, no matter what way, is going to be enough to influence your decision one way or the other on that. Like, I don't think you should make your decision based off those 12 games. Now, those can certainly be a factor. And and, um, and part of this, too, is that Evison might potentially get screwed over by the coronavirus, too, right? Because he, he could have yeah. had a chance to finish this season with, what, 13 more games? So 25-game yep. regular season sample and see what he does in the playoffs. You know, that would have been a, a real good opportunity for Evison now. What happens if, you know, the season just ends and the regular season is done and we're going straight into the playoffs and it goes by points percentage and Minnesota's just one mm-hmm. tiny point out <laughs> right. and and isn't able to uh, to get into the big dance. Uh, I would feel real bad for Dean Evason in that situation because I, I think that you know, he, he wouldn't have enough time to prove himself. You're right. And maybe not enough time to uh to persuade uh Bill Guerin for for, you know, looking for his own guy, whoever that might be. And that's one of the weird things that I don't think has been brought up nearly enough. Everson has certainly played well, but he was ultimately brought in by Paul Fenton as the next guy up because he wanted to get rid of uh Bruce Boudreaux even pretty much like right away last se- last season. Um so being that Evison wasn't isn't really Garen's guy, do you do you think that the odds are even there? Regardless of the run that Dean Evison has gone on, are are more or less than uh than what it would normally be, even if he had a full fledged uh run at this thing or audition at this thing to become the uh the next head coach in wild history. I mean look, when you are a GM and you're taking over a job, this might be the last time you ever get that job, you know, uh, you could be, you know, an up and comer. And if you don't do well in your first job, you're not going to get a call back for your second one. And when you're in that position, I understand. I know that everyone, you know, makes fun of the NHL for, for being like a, uh, you know, a, a, a kind of nepotism fest. And it's good old boys club. Yeah, it certainly is. And it's certainly, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It is that, but when the stakes are that high, I can understand it. It's not always the right decision. It's not always the smart decision, but I can understand you wanting to do things your way. I mean, like, you know, you're, you're coming up as a GM and you're on that track and you're going through the assistant, 
uh, you know, the assistant phase of your career, you know, you're absolutely talking to people and, and looking at people and, and having guys that, you know, you have a lot of respect and fondness for and are like, okay, like if I ever get this job, I want that guy to be my coach. Like I can understand that. And I think it does work against Everson, whether that's uh, fair or not. I think that, you know, that's probably, uh, at least at least a little unfair but like that's mm. that's how it is in the nhl you can uh you can't really do that much about it so you've been surprised by what evison's done but you don't necessarily think that he's done enough to have that interim label removed for next season i it's 12 games you know like mm-hmm. it, it really is like you you know anything can happen in a 12 game sample uh, and, and, you know, I, I just don't think that, I, I think that he should definitely get a hearing. And I, I think that if I'm Bill Guerin, like, you know, the thing that I'm inter- interrogating him about is like, Hey, how, what's your plan with Kirill Kaprizov? What's your plan with, uh, with continuing right. to develop these young players? Like, uh, so like I am, if I'm Bill Guerin, I'm certainly interested in in giving him you know a fair shake but like at the same time like you know if there's a guy out there that like i have a lot of respect for and i think highly of like it's tough right you can only hire one right all right well speaking of bill garen we're going to talk bill garen and what the job he's done so far this season in year one Uh, obviously uh, a late start for him but uh, we'll get into that in the next segment to finish out your week of uh, minnesota wild talk here on locked on wild stay tuned through the break welcome back to the final segment here on locked on wild for the week i'm your host joe and with me again is tony evan from the athletic minnesota tony uh i want to we talked about Dean Evison in the last segment, but uh, for this segment, I want to talk about Bill Guerin. Obviously he got a late start on this season um, with the abrupt firing of Paul Fenton, and he didn't have a lot of chance to really make any changes to either the front office or, or the coaching situation. He came in real patient looking to observe and uh, he's, he made one big trade. He made one big firing and that's really kind of been it. But what's been your opinion of, of the job that Bill Guerin has done thus far? It's hard for me to properly assess that because I don't know if my expectations and hopes at times were uh, were realistic or not. So is is there, you know, do I weigh it based off of, you know, what I would have done personally, what I would have liked to have seen happen, or do I weigh it just like his job in a vacuum? Yeah, I suppose. I mean, you you think you look back at the beginning of the season when they had that rough October. Surely there's a lot of season left to go, and, and the Wild have proved that by now getting themselves within a point of the uh, the postseason. Yeah, so if it was me, you know, obviously, and I've talked about it like 100 times, I know I'm a, I'm a, I'm a tanky, uh, but... Uh, you know, I would have tried to uh, try to, you know, sell things off a little bit and try to, you know, take a hit for a year and try to uh, to bounce back strong, you know, with a top five, top six pick next year 
and mm-hmm. you know some uh, some prospects to go you know with the departures of you know some players that uh, that we very much you know have come to like and and uh enjoy watching in, in the state of hockey and you know there was a little bit of that and i think that that was his best move of the year was when he traded uh jason zucker and got uh what was a was a pretty significant haul and maybe that looks a little bit worse just because of what came after it right because because that really set the market for players and then you have like Mm -hmm. blake coleman kind of going for the jason zucker package but you know um he got out there and he got a good return for for zucker and he set the market Mm -hmm. and you know that prospect pool looks real nice uh, with the addition of Kalen Addison, and then you get a first-round pick on top of that, even if it's a late first-round pick, that's still, you know, that's still another lottery ticket we talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and you know, like he hasn't, um, he hasn't been rash to move into anything mm-hmm. either, right? Because like he he hasn't made a trade because. He felt like he had to make a trade, and that's already a big improvement off last year. I think mm-hmm. what it kind of comes down to is, okay, you kept your powder dry. What do you do this offseason? But as for this year, like I, I think that uh, I think that you have to largely call it a success. You know, I would agree about how this offseason is is a big one for him because uh, he's got a front office to basically rebuild because it was mostly gutted or had um you know some leftovers from the Chuck Fletcher era uh because he was he resigned a bunch of guys to contracts before uh he was dismissed um the other thing too is uh is the trades um you you mentioned the the Zucker trade and where he got Callan Addison and the, and the first round pick now Callan Addison very well could turn out to be a good player, but I think in order to really win that trade, that pick in that first, in that, in the late first round cannot be a Zach Phillips. They cannot blow that pick in order to, I think, win that trade. Uh, I don't know. Like if you get a top four defenseman out of Kalen Addison, Mm -hmm. I think that that's probably still a fair trade, but I mean like, yeah, like obviously you don't want to, you don't want to mess up the trade or, or uh, mess up the pick, and and that'll certainly make the trade look worse if they do that. But I don't know. Like I, I think that you can still, I uh, I think you can still be fine with, uh, yeah. I, I I know what you're saying, but like well, I, I don't well, agree yeah, when you I, know what I you know what I'm saying though, because you don't want a repeat of the Brent Burns trade. I mean, Brent Burns was a decent player, a fan favorite. He was traded. Ultimately, what they got back for in in return was uh, a middling NHLer player with Devin Setaguchi, which you could probably compare it to a little bit with Galchenyuk in the same position. Um, a first round, a late first round pick, and uh, you know that that pros that top prospect in Charlie Coyle or Kalen Addison. Charlie Coyle is certainly a, a solid NHL player, but not that like star caliber player. And so, you know, the Wild have, uh, in, a, in a sense, have reeled kind of since then. So in a, you don't want to, on the outset of this decade, basically make the same boneheaded 
not boneheaded. That's probably a little strong, but the same kind of trade that you could literally affect the rest of an entire decade as well. So I think they need to really scout, really do well. And I get that prospects and, and draft picks in general um, are a lottery ticket, but man, they got to be right, I think, in order to really say that they won something. Here's what it is, right? In Billy Madison, he passes, you know, first, second, third grade. Pretty easy, right? Yep. Gets fourth grade. It's a little harder. You know, Billy passed the third grade. Good for Billy. But right. how is he going to do when he starts learning about chlorophyll? <laughs> uh, yeah. That's pretty much it. And and with Billy, uh, Bill Garrett, I still won't call him Billy Garen, by the way. Uh, I will if I can make Billy Madison references to him. <laughs> All right. Uh, but with Bill Guerin, uh, this is a, a, a monumental thing. And I would agree that I think that he's done mostly well. He's been – he's dealt from a, a, a position of strength. He's not making moves just to make moves. Um, maybe the Boudreaux with one was kind of that a little bit. Um, but um, – Overall, it's been a very patient year. This offseason is really, I think, what's going to make it. But overall, coming in late, doing his job, I I like how he's presented himself towards the media, presented himself towards the, the public, um, speaks pretty candidly, uh, yet um, is also very open, it seems like, and very approachable. So... Obviously, that's kind of the a-hole factor that we got from Paul Fenton, where he seemed to be very, uh, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for here? It's the, um, not combative with the media, but uh, certainly adversarial. Adversarial was the word that it felt like with the with the media and the public. and, and um, Well, and probably just, most importantly with the staff. Well, and the staff, too. That certainly wasn't his staff. Um Bill seems to have come in and uh, not wanting to to make a whole lot of waves, and and we'll see what happens this offseason. All right, Tony, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter, at Tony. You can find my work at The Athletic Minnesota. You can follow me on Twitter, at JoeBoo15. That's going to do it for today's show. Please hit the subscribe button so your device sends it to you every time there's a new episode without having to do any work. You can also tell your smart speaker to play, you know, go go to your Amazon Echo and say, Alexa, play podcast Locked on Wild, and it will play for you. It's awesome. It's so easy. And you can uh, listen to it throughout the entire house then, too, without, you know, headphones. Uh, you can also leave a review and a rating at whatever podcast service you use. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter. Just look up at Locked on Wild. You can also get in touch with us via email. Just email us at LockedOnWild at gmail.com. We will be looking for that email a lot this, you know, in the next few weeks now with the uh, the Wild Pause. We appreciate any suggestions you want to give us for, store, for, uh, for episode ideas as well. Uh, not that we're scratching at and clawing for ideas, but uh, we will certainly uh, put your guys' uh, topics to the top send them in uh thank you for listening to locked on wild and be sure to check us out every monday through friday to stay on top of everything revolving around your team every day